All right, folks, this is No Bones About Wrestling. I'm your host, Asa. I'm here with Kay Fabulous. Hey. And this is your WWE SmackDown recap show. Uh, March 3rd, 2023, they were live from Washington, D.C. Show opens with the bloodline. Uh, Well, most of it coming out. Roman Reigns, your undisputed WWE Universal Champion, came out with Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. I always find it interesting how long his entrance is. This took up five minutes of the show. Uh, The time from him entering to him speaking on the microphone. Five minutes. So, he of course tells uh, the crowd... Acknowledge me, as he always does. And as soon as he says that, Cody Rhodes' music hits. He comes out for this face-to-face confrontation we've been promised. Cody Rhodes says he's here to have a conversation. Roman Reigns uses the Cody Rhodes line. So, what do you want to talk about? Uh, Cody says he doesn't see why the whole bloodline needs to be there. Everyone but Roman leaves. Cody says he wants to talk about Roman. And he talks about how great Reigns is. And then Cody starts talking a bit about himself. And he gets to the subject of uh, his father, Dusty Rhodes, the great Dusty Rhodes. Roman is talking about how he and Dusty talked about everything. Talked about life. And specifically, how they talked about in the future of Roman Reigns being the man and main eventing WrestleMania and carrying the company. Things like that 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 came to pass eventually. Dusty Rhodes, of course, used to be very instrumental in the new folks and teaching them how to do promos and uh, helping with wrestling as well. Um... So, Roman asks if Cody ever main evented WrestleMania, or competed for the Universal title, or competed for the WWE title, and of course, Cody never has. Roman says that when he was with Dusty, Dusty Rhodes never mentioned Cody, and it was like Cody didn't exist. Cody says the only way he can exist is by beating Roman at WrestleMania. He says, let the better man win. And Roman leaves, and Cody stays in the ring and watches Reigns leave. So this was a pretty cool segment. I, I've enjoyed it very much, their first face-to-face meeting. It, uh, it carried some gravitas with it. And it's a good way to start the run-up to WrestleMania. What did you feel about this segment, Kay? I thought it was really good. I thought it ran a little long. Um, I know that you don't agree with that, but that's okay. Um, Cody got a dig in at AEW, which was interesting. He referred to it as a... It wasn't a dig. It was a dig. No, he was saying... He said the little indie company I started with my friends. No, that's what people's perception of it was he was Uh he was 
making fun of people's perception of mm-hmm. what it was when it began. Seemed like a dig. But no, it wasn't a... No, no, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought the, the father angle was interesting. Um, yeah, Cody said... What, what Kay is referring to, Cody said something about... Um, you know, Cody was talking about the things that he's, uh, the things that he's succeeded at on his way to this main event, and he talked about, uh, he said, me and my friend's little indie company uh, would never be able to sell 10,000 seats, so what I said, that's a, it's a joke about the perception mm-hmm. of AEW. Not being able to to sell tickets, and of course they have done bigger crowds than that. Even mm-hmm. go ahead. What were you? What else no, were you going to? Those were my thoughts. I thought oh, okay. it, I thought it ran a little long, especially after the five minute entrance of Roman Reigns. Um, but I get like it's their first meeting. This is their main event at WrestleMania. They want to give it time to build. So, as I said, Cody stayed in the ring, watched Roman leave. We cut to Judgment Day members, Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio, and they are walking. Up next, we have commercials. We come back, and it's time for our first match. Rhea Ripley, accompanied by Dominic Mysterio, and she's taking on Liv Morgan. This one um, lasted for a couple minutes. And Liv Morgan got in some offense that most of it really didn't look very good, I've got to say. Uh, Rhea Ripley's offense looked much better. And for Liv's offense, you could tell how much Rhea had to help her out with things. And it just it didn't, it didn't come off as good as it could. Of course, not all of it was bad, um, but as I said, some of Liv's moves just didn't look that great. Uh, the match ends when Rhea hits the Riptide and then puts Liv in an inverted cloverleaf that looked quite painful, uh, and Rhea got the submission win. This match, I give three bones out of five. Kay, any thoughts on this one? Um, I feel like three bones out of five is generous. Uh... Yeah, I, uh, you're right. I'll give it, I'm going to go two and a half <laughs> out of five. Um, I actually groaned out loud at Rhea clearly helping Liv jump onto the ropes and then up onto her shoulders at one point. Um, she's better than that, and it was just kind of disappointing. Uh, Liv did hit a good knee to the face uh, for uh, against Rhea that looked really solid. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought the inverted cloverleaf was just an awesome way to finish, and it made me... So excited for Rhea versus Flair at Mania. I cannot wait to see that match. I think it's going to be fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think it is as well. And I think it I think it will end up main eventing night one. Uh, we'll see, though. Uh, next up, we have the Bloodline in their private locker room. And Roman asks Jimmy how Jay is. And Jimmy says that Jay is uh, better every day. You know, it's weird. It was a weird way to put it, like he's sick or something. But what they're talking about is, you know, is is Jay ready to to return to the bloodline here? Uh, but that's what Jimmy says. Jay is is better every day, 
Roman says that he's running out of patience. Not with Jay, but with Jimmy. And Jimmy, of course, doesn't take that very well. Uh, up next, we again see Rhea and Dom walking. And they come across Santos Escobar. He says that he understands why Ray couldn't punch, punch Dominic, but he can. Uh, he also says he wants to teach Dominic about respect, mostly respect for his elders, respect for his father. He tells Dominic to meet him in the ring. He then even blows a kiss to Rhea Ripley and calls her mommy. Did not care for this. I don't need him invading Rhea Ripley and Dominic's beautiful relationship. <laughs> um, you know, he he gets uh, whatever he gets, he deserves. I don't like the way he was acting. So up next, we have Santos Escobar against Dominic Mysterio, accompanied by Rhea Ripley, of course. Uh, and Escobar, he placed... Uh, weeks ago, he and Rey Mysterio exchanged masks with one another in the locker room. And Escobar, he puts the mask that Rey gave him, he puts it on the top of a turnbuckle post. And then he tells Dominic to respect his legacy. Uh, so this match, it was, it was very good while it lasted. It was, uh, you know, we got some short TV matches this week for the most part. Uh, but it, it was very good while it lasted. I would have loved to have seen more. Uh, there was one move in particular where Santos hit a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker, turned it into a leg drop. I had never seen that before. It was pretty cool. Uh, and eventually, one of, maybe my favorite moment, uh, besides the Roman and Cody meeting, my favorite moment of the week, Dominic Mysterio pulls out brass knuckles from his uh, from his trunks. And then the ref goes to address this. And as the ref is addressing Dominic and his brass knuckles, Rhea hits a riptide on Santos Escobar on the outside, rolls him back in, and Dominic Mysterio hits a frog splash, and he gets a win for the 1-2-3. As I said, this match, I liked what we saw. Uh, I gave this match... Three and a half bones. No, I'm, I'm going to change it. I'll give it four bones. Uh, and after the match, Dominic steals the mask that was gifted to, to Santos, heads up the ramp, and Rey Mysterio comes out. And Dominic, same thing as last week, he tries to get Rey to hit him. And, of course, Rey won't. And then Domino, uh, Dominic starts tearing up the mask that Ray gave Santos Escobar. He throws it on the ground, does Dominic. Ray Mysterio comes, he picks it up, uh, and as he's bending over to pick up the torn mask, Dominic strikes him down and leaves laughing with Rhea Ripley. Ray then sits down with the torn mask, shaking his head at what his relationship with his son has become. Uh, Kay, any thoughts on this matchup? Um, I loved the Tilt-A-Whirl backbreaker turned into a leg drop also. That was one of the coolest things I saw all night, um, if not the coolest thing I saw all night. Mm -hmm. uh, I've never seen that before. Um, 
I liked having the mask on the ring post. I liked whatever fancy, like, mask holder display thing they had put it on. Uh, I'd never seen a mask displayed in quite that way before. And I thought it was cool. I liked the idea of having it on the ring post, just, like, making Dom have to face have to face the idea of his father while wrestling him. No, it was um, a great, uh, great prop. Yeah. Good, good angle, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, and then my only other note is that I wish this match lasted longer. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have... They could have gone a lot longer, I think, and kept it interesting, and they didn't. Uh, yeah, it was very good. This was, I think, the first time I saw Santos uh, wrestle in a one-on-one. Yeah, I've not seen him a, a, a ton either, and uh, I liked what I saw. Yeah, me too. And I always liked Dominic. The more Dominic, the better. Yeah. That's how that's how we feel on this show. <laughs> uh, up next, they showed a, a social media clip. Uh, that had been posted earlier, and it was Sami Zayn, and he was going around the uh, the arena concourse uh, with his holding his phone and uh, recording himself. And basically, what well, he's telling Roman, he's speaking to Roman, and he's telling him how the bloodline is going down. And as he's doing this, people shouting "Sammy, Sammy," and they're chanting for Sammy, and. Uh, he says, you know, how the bloodline is going down, and he tells Roman that the people know it also. And then he, he pulls the phone out for a, a wider shot, and he's stopped walking now, and people have gathered around him, and they're chanting Sammy. Uh, it was pretty cool, you know. It's different, uh, different setup to see a wrestler with their, own, with their phone talking to it. And, of course, Sami Zayn has this, you know, he's running from the bloodline. He can't be seen. He had, it, he had his hoodie... Uh, uh, he had his hoodie hood pulled up uh, like he's had recently. And uh, it, it was nice to see, you know, just a different kind of segment. A wrestler with, with their own phone and talking to their opponent. I was surprised he didn't get, like, mobbed doing that. You know, like, walking through, like, the, the concourse. Like, yeah. You would think. Well, at the end, he kind of did. Yeah. There are dozens he, of people could, around him. And you can see, like, one or two security people in the background of the shot, but, like... Right. I mean, you've been to a wrestling show before the show starts, and how crowded that concourse gets, and, like, how insane and hyped up the fans are. I just was really impressed with the fans that they let this segment, like, happen and didn't didn't mess it up for him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, up next, we had a... Uh, Drew McIntyre came out, and he called out Intercontinental Champion Gunther, and then Sheamus comes out, and he tells Drew McIntyre how, you know, how he's kind of disappointed, and and he wanted them to maybe have a tag team match at WrestleMania, and then LA Knight comes out, and he says he wants the Intercontinental title shot at WrestleMania. Uh, no, I didn't mention. Sheamus says, "Well, maybe, maybe I want the Intercontinental title shot," and uh, talks about how much the belt means to him to have. And as I said, then L.A. Knight comes out, and then the New Day come out to a, a huge pop. They're still one of the most over acts in the company, um, if not the most over babyface act. They were probably the most over babyface act of the night, I would say. Which makes you think we would see them more. Which, yeah, yeah. But the New Day, they come out and they, they crack on L.A. Knight. Uh, 
and after that, Karrion Cross and Scarlet come out. And so we have all these people who are wanting a shot at Gunther's Intercontinental Championship. And up next, L.A. Knight, he jumps Kofi Kingston. Uh, Xavier Woods hits L.A. Knight. And then L.A. Knight throws Xavier Woods into Drew McIntyre. Seamus pushes Xavier Woods. L.A. Knight throws Xavier to the outside. Then Seamus clotheslines L.A. Knight to the outside. And then Drew McIntyre gets up ahead of steam, and he does a, a running flip to the outside and jumps on all of them. And then Karrion Cross attacks Seamus from behind to end this uh, melee of a segment. Uh, they then cut to a segment of earlier today, and they were showing the aftermath of a backstage fight that occurred uh, between several women and Ronda Rousey, they say, injured her arm in the fight. So up next, we have Shayna Baszler, accompanied by Rowdy Ronda Rousey, and she's taking on Tegan Knox, accompanied by Natalia. And I believe Tegan Knox was involved in that fight I mentioned. Uh, this one, very short match. Shayna Baszler got Tegan Knox to tap out very quickly. With an arm bar. I'm not going to rate this match. That's how short it was. It was a squash. Uh, any thoughts on this segment with uh, Shayna Baszler and uh, Antigua Knox? Yeah, I thought um, there were a few like slow or awkward moves for especially how short the match was. Um, but there were also a good number of counters in it. And I'm a big fan of when wrestlers counter moves. Uh and there were some good counters from both of them. Um, and so that was nice to see, especially in a women's match, which I feel like generally has fewer fewer counters than, than men's matches. Because um, it just makes sense. When people fight... Yeah, that you're going to counter. You're going to yeah. counter, right. Yeah. Things are going to get and reversed. So, yeah, yeah, and, and it's, 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 it's shockingly uncommon in women's matches, I think. Um, so to the point where it's, it's it's noticeable when they're happening, like it kind of stands out as like, oh, that's awesome, you know. Um, mm. So, in a match that was kind of lackluster, that stood out as like a highlight to me. Why do you why do you think that might be? I'm trying to think why that might be. That I think it just brings it brings in authenticity. Oh wait, why why is it why is it common? uncommon in women's matches? Do you think it's? I think, I mean, I love women's wrestling and. The women of WWE. Go ahead and say my, what you're going to say. I'm saying say, say some qualifiers first, and I'm going to stick to my qualifiers. So I love women's wrestling. The women of WWE, like Asuka and, and Flair, they're my favorite wrestlers in the whole company, not just in, in women's wrestling. But I feel like the women are at a level where they're trying hard to land their moves, that they're like not even thinking about the flow of the match necessarily or the countering, like they're at the level where, like, they're right. trying to do what they're doing well. I was going to say that, to but pull I couldn't... Out, <laughs> no, it's better if I say that. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, but I think they're getting there. I mean, it's too much for them to remember. Well, I don't know that that's it. I think it's just... No, they're focusing, uh, they're focusing on, 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 on hitting the offense. offense. Yeah. And it's just too much. And, I mean, if you think about, like, when you learn something, like, when you learn any sport, like, if you're learning basketball, you're going to focus on the offense... 
and getting that down. I mean, depending on what position you play, but most positions, you're focusing on the offense before you even start thinking about what defense looks like. So I think I think it makes sense. You know, like if you don't have any offense, like you're not going to succeed. And so I think they're just not all to the point where they're ready to start learning defense moves yet. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of thought the same thing, yeah. That is definitely true in, in American women's wrestling. We don't see nearly as many reversals and counters mm-hmm. as, as you do with the men. Uh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, squash match. And this, I'm not sure what this is leading to for WrestleMania. Uh, I assume we're definitely going to see Ronda Rousey have a WrestleMania match. But in what form? A singles? A tag? You know, she's been tagging with Shayna Baszler. That's a team. That's a that's a great team, I think. I love that team. Yeah. I think it's I mean, fantastic. It's like, here, these ladies look like they're coming to beat your ass, you yeah. know? And I like, I like them both. And they're both so good, but then who do you right. put them against? Yeah, exactly. There's such a, a dearth of women's tag teams. Uh, who are they going to fight? Yeah. yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Common oh. problem in what? They should fight Lita and uh, Lita and, and Becky. Becky. Well, we've seen maybe, you know, some teasing of that. So you think it's going to be Becky and Lita versus uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania? Well, can you think of two other women's tag teams for each of those sets of women to go up against where the True. matches will be good? Well, and then Trish Stratus, she returned this past Monday. Mm-hmm. Are we going to see her thrown into well, that too she returned i think to like help out like i don't think she's ret- is she returning to the ring like is that i assume she returned at wrestlemania season because she's gonna have a match at wrestlemania oh that, i didn't i did not assume that but that's just that me makes sense i guess yeah. i don't think they brought trish stratus back just to do a run-in i think so, she's gonna have a wrestlemania match so we're gonna have four women's wrestlemania matches who knows yeah who knows you have the two women's title matches, and then we'll probably have a women's tag team title match. That's three. Or, What's the or, fourth well, one? Well, I was thinking if if Baszler and Rousey aren't fighting uh, Becky, Becky, and Lita. Becky and Lita, then that would be two more tag matches. Yeah. Who knows? So that would be four. Who knows? And do they do like a, with the Andre the Giant Battle Royale, haven't they started doing a women's battle royale too? Or is, am I thinking of something else? I know they did, like, a moolah one at one point and then dropped it or changed th- the name of it. I think they did. I think they have been doing a women's battle royal leading up to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that made it on TV, or excuse me, made it on the pay-per-view either. Just like last year, they did the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. They did it on on the SmackDown before WrestleMania, oh, which I, I think they called, they called WrestleMania SmackDown. I believe is what they called the show. Yeah, to make it feel like you were on WrestleMania. To make it feel like WrestleMania, but but it's not WrestleMania. Uh, up next, Kayla Braxton tries to interview Gunther, and Gunther says that uh, it's a disgrace that he doesn't have a worthy opponent at WrestleMania 39. And of course, he's there with his Imperium chums. Up next, Bobby Lashley comes out, and then a, a weird Bray Wyatt logo flashes on the screen, and then we go to commercials. We come back from commercial, and Bobby Lashley is in the ring 
still. And he says that he came to SmackDown to see Bray Wyatt on his show. And it's interesting, he, he mentions, you know, Bobby Lashley came to SmackDown. Because here now in WrestleMania season, we have totally thrown away, the, almost, we've totally thrown away the who's on what show, Raw or SmackDown. Because Judgment Day have been on both shows. Because, you know, you got Finn feuding with Edge, and then you got Dominic feuding with his father. Rhea, who's on Raw, gets the title shot uh, for the SmackDown women's title against Charlotte. We've got Bobby Lashley now coming from Raw to SmackDown. So just willy-nilly, doesn't matter who's on what show or whatever phony rules they put in place to say, oh, we only do it so many times a year, whatever. Just whoever wants to be on whatever show is allowed now, uh, which can be a little confusing, I think, for fans. I I personally like it when the shows are, you know, totally separate. They have enough people in the roster to be able to do that and have separate storylines. Uh, I disagree. I like it when they, I mean, in in small quantities. I like it when a feud is like building and it's so great that like I'm coming to see you in your show, you know, which I feel like is what what was happening with Lashley, like. He was so displeased with Wyatt showing up on his show that he was going to come and confront him on, like, a, confronting him on his turf, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, I, I mean, why not just have, if you're going to have the wrestlers feuding between shows, why not just say Bobby Lashley's on SmackDown now? What's to stop you from that? You know, I don't... Why limit yourself? I never understood it. I guess... Because they have so many people signed to contracts that they have to. Mm-hmm. And also, they they want the feeling of competition. They feel like you have this uh, competition between the brands. It encourages viewers to watch both shows more. Because people in America, we love competition. Yeah, but that was before they had an actual competitor. Right, that's my point. So they made a competition. And it was, so why keep up with it now that there's a real competitor and they don't need to do that anymore? Well, a lot of fans haven't, aren't even watching. A lot of WWE fans, you look at the ratings, obviously, they're not watching yeah. AEW. That's I mean, true. WWE's ratings are mm-hmm. uh, double, uh, give, give or take, are double what AEW's are. It just, just for one show. But competing against, double. competing against themselves hasn't been, like, super successful. Like, look at the Survivor Series where they pit, like, SmackDown against Raw. Like, those have been terrible. Well, they stopped doing it. Yeah. They I mean, stopped so doing that, that now. That's how bad they were. They stopped doing it. But the the competition, yeah, eventually, it did, I think it did work out to what they wanted. Hmm. You know, where where you have viewers watching both shows within in mind... You know, what's better, Raw or SmackDown? Well, to judge, I have to watch both shows, you know? I think that's the way that that they, that they think people will watch these shows. Yeah, but for me, like, I'm more likely to watch both shows if I think there's a chance that my favorite wrestler from Raw might show up on SmackDown. No, I get what you're saying. I get you. Hmm. Sorry, that was an aside. Yeah, <laughs> so, right, that was an aside. So, uh... Bobby Lashley says that he came to SmackDown to see Bray Wyatt. And we then see a weird video with some creepy music 
and Uncle Howdy, uh, Uncle Howdy's face on the screen that plays. And then Uncle Howdy comes out. He sneak attacks Lashley from behind, and he grabs Lashley's head, and he's laughing in his face. Um, and you know, we people have been saying Uncle Howdy is Bo Dallas, Bray Wyatt's real life brother who was recently brought back to the company. And in some of the situations, sure, it has, I guess it has been Bo Dallas. This, whoever was playing Uncle Howdy, was not Bo Dallas, I don't, I don't think, because they were slim, much smaller frame than Bo Dallas. So the question is, are there multiple Uncle Howdies we're going to figure out, uh, we're going to, to get, have revealed eventually, or... Did Bo Dallas have some conflict and they had to have a skinnier person play him? Whatever the case, this Uncle Howdy was not Bo Dallas. It was a much skinnier frame, a skinnier person than Bo Dallas. But so Uncle Howdy attacks Lashley. Uh, Lashley eventually hits Uncle Howdy with a slam, almost a, a spine, a standing spine buster type slam. Uh, as Uncle Howdy is on the mat, uh, on the mat, the lights go out. They come back on. Uncle Howdy has disappeared, and then a weird video plays on TV. Not not in the arena, but plays on on TV, and and then we cut. So that segment. What does that accomplish? Uh, I guess it throws Uncle Howdy into this feud with Bray Wyatt and Bobby Lashley. Uh, so I personally... Yeah. What? Do you think there's going to be a handicap match? Oh. I didn't think about that. Well, it's but not like, ne- necessary. Bray Wyatt's a formidable enough opponent to face Bobby Lashley on his own. I know, but Lashley did also just essentially beat Brock Lesnar. Like, he only lost because or won because of a dq but he was beating him anyway and so if he's like beating this like monster i could see it being like a a handicap match but we're not we're still having lesnar's one-on-one against superstars we're not saying lesnar is good enough to beat two wwe superstars i mean bray wyatt can hold up enough on his own he's a former wwe champion yeah but uncle howdy isn't is my point like he's not fighting two superstars he's fighting one superstar and potentially, like, this other persona. We may see it. And it may, whatever form the match ends up, it may turn into a handicap match regardless of what yeah, what the rules that's are. That's true, that's true. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think Uncle Howdy will play some some role. Again, I know a lot of people hate this. I love it. <laughs> Whenever the wrestling show, you know, show me some weird videos and have a creep in a Halloween mask... Show up and beat on Bobby Lashley. I love it. Where is it heading? Is it going to make sense? We'll see. But I enjoy the creepiness just for the sake of, of the creepiness. I, I don't think it's... I mean, it's a it's a little silly with the, the Halloween mask than Uncle Howdy, but it's supposed to be a little silly, mm-hmm. this mask that he's wearing. But it's also supposed to, supposed to be creepy, and it definitely comes off as creepy. Yeah. And I love it. I, as I've said before, whenever the wrestling show turns into a horror movie, I'm there for it. I love both of those things. When you can blend them, I'm all for it. I may be in the minority opinion, but 
that's that's fine. I can I can be in the minority opinion. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, we cut back to the bloodline, and we have uh, Roman, uh, Jimmy, and Paul Heyman. And Jimmy Uso says that Jay uh, said to Roman to leave him the hell alone. So those are some strong words from Jay Uso, if if that's what he said. Roman then says that Jay got selfish when Sammy came around, meaning you know that Jay put his his friendship uh, with Sammy Zayn ahead of what's best for the bloodline. Uh, Roman insists that Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa get rid of Sami Zayn. Paul Heyman, it's a pretty funny line. Paul Heyman says, that was a wonderful, my tribal chief. You know, Paul Heyman can always add whatever you need. If you need comedy, great. If you need something to be serious, great. If you need some historical perspective, he can do it all. Paul Heyman is one of the most gifted performers that they have, for sure. Uh... Roman then says that if Jay Uso is not back in one week, that he's going to blame Jimmy Uso for it. Uh, we then get a next week on SmackDown rundown. Uh, we're going to have a fatal five-way for the number one contender for the Intercontinental Championship. It's going to be Kofi Kingston versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus LA Knight. Versus Karrion Cross. That's going to be awesome. That should be. About it, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, all those guys are good. Um, not sure who I'll be for in that match. Uh, love Kofi Kingston. I like Sheamus a lot. LA Knight has been very entertaining recently. I, I would probably be for one of those three guys. Of course, any of these guys could use it. This this hunt for Gunther's Intercontinental number one contendership started with McIntyre, so I'm feeling like McIntyre may win it because he is one of the biggest names to not have a WrestleMania mm-hmm. opponent yet. So a title match with this long reigning Intercontinental champion could be a big could be a big thing for Drew. So I feel like he's going to come away with a win, but we'll see. Uh, also next week on SmackDown. Uh, we're going to see the tag team of Ricochet and Braun Strowman, a team I love, taking on the Viking Raiders. Up next, we have our main event, Solo Sokoa with Jimmy Uso against Sami Zayn. And this one, pretty good, pretty good contest. Solo and Sami both get their offenses in. For the most part, though, Solo is beating up Sami. They're getting over Solo's uh, strength, you know, his, his brute strength. If he's going to be the enforcer of the bloodline, they, they got to keep getting that over, and they did a good job of getting it over. Uh, the end comes when Sammy misses a haluva kick. I think J- uh, Jimmy Uso pulled Solo out of the way, and Sammy comes up empty in the corner on a haluva kick, and then immediately after that, Solo Sokoa hits the Samoan spike, the thumb to the throat, uh, and he pins Sami Zayn. I love that finisher. <laughs> I love that finisher. Yeah, it's so simple, like a thumb to the throat. That hurt like fuck, you yeah. know? Uh, 
I love that finisher. But Solo Sokoa hits that, pins Sami Zayn. A pretty good match. Three and a half bones out of five, I give it. Um, and then they put Sammy's head in a steel chair. Sammy gets up. He throws the steel chair at Sokoa, hits him, and then hits a haluva kick on Jimmy Uso and then runs away through the crowd. And Sammy stands in the crowd, kind of staring, kind of the way we left it uh, last week. Sammy stands in the in the crowd, staring back in the ring at Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, and we head off the air. Uh, this was a good episode of SmackDown. It had way more storyline and interviews than it had matches. We had only, how many matches is that? Four? Four, Four matches. And they were all short. They were all rather short. Uh, the main event may have, may have gone the longest, I, I think. Not long enough, one of my notes. Hmm. So the match of the night, uh, I got to go with Dominic Mysterio mm -hmm. versus Santos Escobar. Match, so how match many, of the how night. How many bones did you give uh, Samian? Three and a half three out of half. five. Okay. Yeah, three and a half bones out of five. And I gave the Dominic one four bones. So but my, I wish it had been longer, right? My question after that Sammy Sokoa match is, what did Sammy do and who did he do it to? that he is not allowed to win a WWE match oh, from now on. Right. Like, what is happening to and, him? And that was my <clears throat> that was my question uh, on Twitter after the match. I posted, and I said, right, so Sammy is this, now he's this champion of the people. You know, he mills around with the people in the arena before the show begins. He makes his way uh, to the ring often through the crowd, he leaves through the crowd, and that's the way we're presenting him. He's this champion of the people rising up to take down the bloodline. And as this champion of the people, the people don't often like uh, losers, you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, they like the underdog, but not just straight-up losers. And Sammy is losing every damn match he's in. So that's my question is how much can he keep this champion of the people mantle before he starts losing the respect of the people? Or has it already begun? You know, he loses this match to Solo Sokoa. Uh, he lost to Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. I can't tell you the last time Sami Zayn won a match. Well, and he got rejected by Kevin. This wasn't a match, but he got rejected by Kevin Owens when he was trying to, like, make up with him. Yeah. And so I just feel like he's, so he's, he's just taking, this, like, like lonesome hit. loser. Yeah. And, and it's Kevin weird. Owens wasn't even on the, on, no, on the and, show. No, and when yeah. they were setting up Sammy's head in the chair to, like, hurt him, I expected it to end in a right, which I guess was good that it didn't go the direction I expected it to, but I expected Kevin Owens to do a run-in to, like, save him. Yeah. And that's not what happened. He saved himself. Well, we still but... have we still have a month until WrestleMania. So they no, have that's... time to get Kevin Owens involved. That's not that much time though. But I and I mean like Sammy doesn't have a match right now at WrestleMania. Correct. And neither does Kevin Owens and neither do the Usos. Like that has to be where this is going. And they, and they put out the WrestleMania, they put out a poster. You know, they've done this Hollywood thing. And I think the poster was of various wrestlers. Uh, it had Roman Reigns and Cody Rhodes, 
on a marquee, like outside a movie theater, uh, had a poster of them, and then had all these different wrestlers, I think, outside the movie theater. I mm-hmm. think that was the poster. Yeah, it was, yeah. And Sami Zayn is like way in the back. And, and all you can just, see is his head. All you can see is his head. smiling head with his red yeah. hair and beard. I mean, Sammy is just not getting from from the creative uh, and from the marketing department, I guess, whoever did that poster. Well, he's he's a- not getting the, the respect that that he needs. He's not getting booked in a way to keep him strong. So what's the deal? You know, for years we've we've always heard that if, if Vince McMahon and I know he's, you know, we don't know what Vince's status is right now. Is he in charge of creative? Is he just contributing ideas? What's happening? We're we're not really sure of his status right now. But we've heard for years that if Vince McMahon doesn't want you to get over and then you somehow get over still, like Sammy was over huge and pulling in these ratings, um, number one face in the company. We've heard if Vince doesn't want you to get over, you're going to get punished, so to speak. You know, you're going to lose your matches, and he's going to force it to where you're not over. Is that what we're seeing? Does Triple H operate in the same way? If Triple H is still in charge of creative, which I think he is, with, I think Triple H is still in charge with Vince offering some things and, of course, Vince getting the final say in things. Uh, is that the way Triple H works, too? Because Sammy is not being booked in a strong enough way to keep up the lightning in a bottle that they had, and I don't see why you want to destroy something that was working for you and increasing the ratings of the show because people were i think they still are but people were really into this sammy versus the bloodline and it just feels like the steam is running out a little and i feel like part of that is because sammy's not getting any wins he's not getting any victories uh he's having to run away from the bloodline kevin owens doesn't like him he's losing every match like let him win fucking something Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. let this character get some victory so he's not just this loser, uh, you know, railing against the winners. We, you know, we love an underdog, but do we love a loser? That's the <laughs> question. Well, for uh, 4K Fabulous, this is Asa. Uh, this was your SmackDown recap. And we will see you. I've still got a Ring of Honor recap going up at some point this weekend. Um, And we will see you then. And as Mick Foley says, have a nice day. Just a quick note. Going up uh, later this weekend, we're going to have a Ring of Honor review show, uh, and also we're going to have AEW Revolution recap going up after the pay-per-view on Sunday, so check that out, and if you haven't already, listen to our AEW Revolution prediction show, pretty fun show. That's it, Asa, signing off here for No Bones About Wrestling.